Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. The Ford F-150 truck helps you get the job done in the smartest way possible. New features like the available Pro Access tailgate improves access to bed and cargo, including when towing a trailer, so it's easier to load in tight spaces. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Find your local Ford dealer at Ford.com. Pro Access tailgate available starting spring 2024. See owner's manual for important operating instructions. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. This is Jonathan Hood, the co-host of Good Karma Wrestling, and this is the weekend edition of the Busted Open Podcast. I talk about that bang of a match between EL Sky and Asuka on SmackDown. I want to see this match several times over and over again. I also break down the big moments from AEW Rampage, Grand Slam, and what we feel are the good moments that are left in the world of pro wrestling. Let's get into it on this weekend edition of Busted Open. First, let's start with SmackDown for Phoenix. So, okay, as a longtime wrestling fan going back to the late 70s, the one thing that fans should want, I know that I want, is a great story to hook us for the next week and the next week and the week after that until the story comes to a head. That formula is as old as the hills. We love a story that we can connect to with a great payoff. The second thing that we should all like, and I know that I like as a fan, is the word surprise. Surprise. A match or an angle that comes out of nowhere. And we got all of that on Friday Night SmackDown. Let me explain. So as far as a surprise, the best match on SmackDown on Friday night was Asuka against EO Sky. Without all of the outside interference from Charlotte and other members of Damage Control, this was a pay-per-view slash PLE quality matchup that I hope that we see again. I'm watching Asuka, and we know how talented that she is, multi-time champion, and it's interesting to watch how she evolves as a wrestler. You know, it's, it's amazing what face paint can do, right? It's amazing what happens, right? Change the face paint a little bit, change the hair a little bit. All of a sudden, you become a new character. You're still Asuka, but the thing is is that we know that in the ring, she's outstanding. And then EO Sky. As much as I think that we really like, you know, the whole thing of damage control, people wondered, when will EO Sky get hers? When would she be able to be a contender, let alone a champion? And EO Sky is right there as a champion. And so that matchup with Asuka and EO Sky, as I was watching that Friday night, I was thinking, hmm, I should be paying for this. <laughs> like, this, this thing should be a semi-main or the start of some pay-per-view to kick it off really well. I just think that that was great. That was a surprise match. That's the surprise. And, of course, wrestling also needs stories as well. And I think we were chock full of stories on SmackDown, for instance. So what's going on with the Street Profits? So 
we didn't see them for a while. They're sitting back in catering. What's up with the Street Profits? And I was trying to figure out, what's this connection with Bobby Lashley? Bobby Lashley comes out and says, this is my team. I'm going to help the Street Profits. And somewhere, MVP is in catering saying, hold on a second. A brother with glasses and a three-piece suit? Wait a minute. That's my gimmick. <laughs> like, like, wait a minute. Hold on a second. MVP's probably in the back like, wait, Bobby Lashley's going to do exactly what I did for a while here in WWE in my post-wrestling career? But nonetheless, Bobby Lashley's there with the Street Profits. And I guess my question, as far as the storyline is, are the Street Profits, are they baby faces or are they heels? I don't know. It's a little bit murky for me. And I think it's a little bit murky for the audience. You notice, like, this new Street Profits, when they come out, the fans are into it. You know, they get the hands, they're bobbing up and down. They're into it. But then the bell rings. And I think it becomes a little bit confusing of, is Bobby Lashley a heel and the Street Profits are baby faces? It's just gray. And can I just tell you in life, whether it's wrestling or in life, gray sucks. Gray is not great. And so, but I'm interested in the story, though. So, I, so, but then, of course, the Street Profits lose the match because there's Bobby Lashley trying to help them, you know, trying in a heel way. Bobby Lashley walks away because the Street Profits lost, and then Bobby Lashley's right there in the faces of the Street Profits like, okay, so you guys want to just sit up in catering, or do you guys want to win? So that is interesting because Street Profits in suits, looking good, talking that talk. I like it, but I like to know which way this is going. Storyline. Can't wait for next week. And, of course, the ultimate storyline in all of professional wrestling is the bloodline. And for those of you that say, well, Hood, listen, the bloodline is washed. I want to see an ending to this. Can I just tell you this? For someone who's been watching wrestling for a very long time, and I'm sure LaGreca could back me up on this as well, and all of you longtime wrestling fans, it's one of the greatest, if not the greatest storyline in the history of the business. When you can continue to just continue to build bricks on top of the story, on top of the story, every week there's something. I just think it's the best storyline going today. But it has a little bit of a different wrinkle. We haven't seen Roman Reigns in a long time. But you do get a Solo Sokoa and you get a Jimmy Uso. So you can just tell that Jimmy Uso feels like he's kind of like, um, I guess you could say Tribal Chief Light, the way he was controlling things last night. So there's Uso. He's doing his own thing, calling his own shots. Oh, yeah, I want this tag team match. Me and my brother Solo, we're going to take on John Cena and a tag team partner. This is all good. And Paul Heyman says, I got to call the tribal chief. I don't know if this is okay. I don't know if we could do this. I don't know. I feel a little uncomfortable doing this. And Uso is doing his own thing. As a matter of fact, we saw in the ring Paul Heyman doing the My Name is Paul Heyman. And he started going into the promo. And Jimmy Uso just snatches the mic. Yeah, I got this. Wow. And Heyman looked crestfallen. He's like, wait a minute. No one takes the mic out of my hands. Part of the story. So John Cena needs a tag team partner for Fastlane in Indianapolis because AJ Styles gets attacked by the bloodline. And so Solo Sokoa and Jimmy Uso, again, out of nowhere, a surprise, they attack AJ Styles. And then here's why this story is interesting from Friday night. As I mentioned, Solo Sokoa and Jimmy Uso, right? Uso's doing his own thing. Takes the mic away from Paul Heyman. John Cena needs a tag team partner. AJ Styles is attacked by the bloodline. And then Styles is taken off into a meat wagon. And then the OC, 
which is the tag partners for um, uh, AJ Styles, that whole group, that faction. The OC looks at John Cena like he's the blame, as if there's going to be heat there between the OC and Cena because of what happened to AJ Styles. AJ Styles taken to a medical facility, whatever Vince says, right? Not a hospital, a medical facility, pal, whatever that is, right? And so these multiple stories are happening at one time. Again, a good story being told. Who's going to be Cena's partner if, you know, if AJ Styles is not available? And then what happens with the OC and uh, what's happening with that as long as well as uh, AJ Styles. There's a lot going on there just with the bloodline and John Cena. And then from there, we go to Austin Theory. Austin Theory is tagging with Grayson Waller. And can I just tell you, that's a good thing for Austin Theory. Because a makeshift tag team for both of these guys, they both have arrogant personas. It's a good change of pace for Theory, and here's why. You know, after Vince McMahon, quote-unquote, retired from the WWE, Austin Theory was like the last guy that Vince worked with on camera. And so I don't know if there is resentment from the fans when it comes to Austin Theory, but when I see Austin Theory, it makes me want to change the channel. And that's not just kind of like, oh, it's wrestling heat or it's go away heat. It's just like, it's nothing really different. It's kind of that staccato, old school WWE promo. The promos are much better in WWE now than it was even three to five years ago because it's more fluid. It feels more natural. But Austin Theory sounds like the wrestlers that we saw over the years where here's a script, read it word for word, and make sure you say it the way everyone else says it. Austin Theory seems like the last of that group of wrestlers that would read scripts and, and read them the same way. And for me, even him as champion did not get over with me. And I just thought, God, he's just so, so staccato. And he's got that front face lock and he's got that reverse chin lock. And he's just holding on to it. Like it's a match of 1981. Like, come on, man. He's got good work in the ring that, that drop kick that he has and how smooth he is in the ring, but just, he needs a different gear. It's not necessarily on Austin as much as it is how they are working with him. And so I'm watching Austin Theory tagging with Grayson Waller. I go, you know what? This is a fresh coat of paint for Austin Theory and for Grayson Waller. The the company, WWE, feels good about Grayson Waller, and here's how I know. I saw Grayson Waller. He was trying to help sell tickets for WrestleMania at a preseason game for the Philadelphia Eagles. I saw him sing the seventh inning stretch at Wrigley Field in Chicago with Big E. I'm like, Grayson Waller just got here. But he's making the rounds as a WWE superstar that is can be utilized to promote the company. Grayson Waller's not some 10-year veteran, but you can tell that the company feels good about Grayson Waller's future when he's there to try to sell the product in, in non-wrestling events, the, the, the Cubs game and also the Eagles game in the NFL. So I think uh, Austin Theory and Grayson Waller, a good thing. Again, part of the story. As we all wonder what's up with Roman Reigns and whether or not he's going to be champion moving forward or when Cody's going to finish the story and Kevin Owens making common sense with every promo, the two main keys for me is story and surprise. And we got both of those on Friday Night SmackDown. And by the way, I hear a lot on this channel on Fight Nation, Channel 156. I hear a lot on this channel about how the good old days were so much better than 2023. Well, I say yes, and I say no to that, but what never goes out of style is us, you and I. 
as fans, being vocal on what we like and what we don't like. You may not like the in-ring, some of you old schoolers, and some of you new schoolers really like what's happening with wrestling in 2023, but the one thing that's always tried and true, and that is you and I being vocal as fans. There's nothing like genuine heat. Heels were booed, always booed back in the day, no matter what. If you were a babyface, you got cheered, I mean, big time. If you were a heel, you got booed. Didn't matter if you were on the top of the card, bottom of the card. If you were a heel, you got booed. Then we got to the era of the cool heels, you know, like DX and the NWO and the Bloodline to some extent, right? Now we have fans that are actually really getting emotional, involved in a big way, full throat, booing wrestlers like it was back in the day. And I think that's pretty cool. Friday night, I heard boos for the Bloodline, and especially Paul Heyman. I have not heard Paul Heyman get booed like that in several years on SmackDown. Did you see that? Paul Heyman's in Phoenix, and he just got booed big time, and the Bloodline got booed. Now, again, the Bloodline are kind of like cool heels because Roman Reigns, you know, he, he's very good with the fans and all that and gets them involved. But I heard loud boos on Friday night. You turn on Rampage. And Don Callis and Sammy Guevara, they're getting booed big time in New York. You turn on Raw, Don Mysterio gets big time boos. So as we talk about the good old days of wrestling, one thing for sure is that there's nothing like genuine heat. I'm glad that we as fans are saying, yeah, Don Mysterio sucks, and we're letting him know across the country, not just in one arena, not just in you know the L.A.s, the New York, Chicago's, the Dallas's, Toronto. I'm talking about everywhere. Don Mysterio is getting booed from coast to coast all over the world. Same thing with Don Callis and Sammy Guevara. Same thing with Paul Heyman and the Bloodline yesterday. So it was just... Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. 
After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if you learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when you hear that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, you're probably thinking, what's the catch? Well, there isn't one. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans, draw-dropping monthly bill, and unexpected overage. All plans come with unlimited talk and text, plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. It's crystal clear, and it doesn't kill my monthly budget. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash bustedopen. That's mintmobile.com slash bustedopen. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash bustedopen. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Pretty amazing. Hey, everyone. It's Howard Bender from the Andy Up podcast. Every weekday, Adam Ronis and I serve you up the picks, plays, and fantasy information needed to win your bets. You know, this isn't just your average sports betting show, though, for one very good reason. We won't tell you what to do unless we've already done it ourselves. That's right. We put our money where our mouths are, so we're just as invested in each bet as you are. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or listen on the SXM app, free for most subscribers. Okay. <laughs> like, this could have been good for an hour. No, Tony Khan says, no, let's do two hours. So it's just me with a daddy soda and some pizza, and I was locked in for four hours of wrestling. SmackDown, and now this with AEW Rampage Grand Slam. Okay, a couple of things that stood out to me as I go through all these notes from uh, Friday night. All right, here we go. So the one thing that I really like about Sting is that Tony Khan and AEW has really done right by Sting. I mean, I think that Sting has been... Uh, utilized so much better than The Undertaker was toward the end of his tenure with WWE. Because Sting's not out there every week wrestling. He doesn't have singles matches at his age. He's utilized properly. You get a Sting and a Darby Allin against uh, Cage and Luchasaurus as um, Christian Cage takes the pinfall. Christian Cage is doing some of his best work. We watched him at TNA. Of course, we watched him uh, with Edge in the WWE. But Christian Cage is really deep in his bag as a heel. It's fantastic. This guy really believes he's a TNT champion. <laughs> and, and, and actually, it's one of the more subtle things and interesting things about AEW that this guy here, who people thought, uh, you know, good tag wrestler, you know, decent TNA guy. No, he's deep in his bag right now in the autumn of his career doing great work. And just the way Sting's being utilized in AEW has been fantastic. He's helping Darby Allen in a big way. Darby Allen already was a hit, but I think Sting and Darby together has been really great for, for uh, Darby's career. So that's I thought that that was very interesting watching that. We got um, several trios matches. <laughs> I didn't know if we needed more than one, but we got several of them. Watching uh, Cassidy and Statlander and Hook against uh, Parker Menard and Anna Jay. Like, like, good, solid match there for that. But let me get to what I thought was um, a really solid matchup. And I also want to talk about character development as well. And that is, even though we may not have needed it, just the idea that we have a trios match for the ROH uh, six-man tag team championships. You get the Mogul Embassy against Adam Page and the Young Bucks. So you get the Hung Bucks there, right? Okay, so what Mogul Embassy, 
and this is where it gets a little bit murky for me. I don't know if the general audience understands the importance of the ROH six-man tag team championships, why that should have been the main event, whatever. But you just know, we get in the ring, it's going to be fine. That's why I always tell myself, you see the creative or you see that match coming up, and he's kind of like, okay, do we need this match in the main event? So we talk about that. But once we get past trying to figure out why this match is taking place, once it's in the ring, it's great. That was great for the Mogul Embassy. It was great for the Mogul Embassy. And Prince Nana, by the way, it was the most over person and he wasn't even in the match. He's out there dancing. He's doing this little side-to-side shuffle that he's doing there. And you can see the people uh, at Arthur Rash dancing in the aisles. I saw that. It was a glimpse. But there's Nana, side-to-side shuffle, moving the shoulders around and people dancing. That was fantastic because it gets the people involved. It was a long show at Arthur Rash. I know it was. The tapings, the dynamite. But it got people, it got the blood flowing with Prince Nana going side to side, especially when Swerve Strickland got out there. But I think that this did a lot for the Mogul Embassy. You know, it, Brian Cage, when I see Brian Cage and I see this monster, I see a guy that's money. That's a guy there that should be heavyweight champion. I mean, just bring in a, like a non-wrestling fan. Sit him on the couch and say, what do you think of Brian Cage? Oh, my God, is he not the champion? <laughs> I mean, that's how good he gets. And he continues to take pinfalls. I don't get that. I think that that guy is a singles champion in the future. He should never have his, his shoulders to the mat. I don't understand that. But I think that it was good for Mogul. And, I, and again, Adam Page and the Young Bucks, they are now the six-man uh, ROH Tag Team Champions. I thought that was good. But also, we talked earlier in the show about two things. And one of those two things we talked about is story and surprise, right? The storyline was there where there's Hangman Page. He should be excited that he's part of the six-man tag team championships now with the Young Bucks. And all he was doing is staring at Strickland. He just kept staring. He couldn't even enjoy that he was a new champion. He's just staring a hole right at Strickland. I hope that match pays off because there was a lot of time paid to those two, Strickland and, uh, and Hangman Page. So I thought that that was pretty good. Now, we talk about surprise and story, right? Can I just tell you right now that AEW has a gold mine? I hope they see what I see, and I hope they see what we as fans see. There's certain wrestlers that's on this roster, not that they need a push. They just need to be in a bigger spotlight. Do you remember what Julia Hart was before she is this character? She's a cheerleader. She's with Brian Pillman and Griff Garrison as a cheerleader. She's part of this faction now, and she took on Sky Blue. Julia Hart has grown over the last six months to me as someone that should be in the title picture to the point where I might be begging at some point for, for Julia Hart against Tony Storm. Those two have grown amazingly in AEW. It's to the point where, like, Julia Hart could just been like any other wrestler, any female on the roster. Okay, ring the bell. I'm going to have a few moves, and then I'll – you know, I'll be pinned one, two, three, and I go in the back to catering. No, Julia Hart has something. She has it. It is amazing what happens when you switch your character from being a cheerleader to an evil witch. That's what she's become. She was fantastic in this match against Sky Blue. Hey, Sky Blue, homie from Chicago. Don't have boo-boo face when you come to the ring. I knew she was going to lose. You have to, she usually has the backwards hat, and she looks into the, into the camera, winks, and sticks the tongue out like an emoji, right? When she came to, to the ring, she looked concerned. It's like, Sky Blue, homie, you can, you can beat Julia Hart. 
but there was no confidence in her face. I just want to point that out as I watched that. I'm like, yeah, she's going to lose. <laughs> just the way that she was looking, she's like, yeah, I'm going to get the pinfall tonight. But Julia Hart has been great. We talk about story. Her story's great. She, I, I, did they say in the broadcast she's 25-0 and 0 or something like that? It was just and she, she has been on a roll. Also, on top of that, another match where you see it coming down the pike. Daddy assing the acclaimed against the Dark Order. And you see it, and you go, okay, all right, it's the Dark Order. Oh, here we go. Oh, Jesus. But then you put it in the ring. It was fantastic on Friday. That was a really good match. It was a better match than I thought it was going to be. To the point where you thought at some point, Dark Order, hmm, might have a chance to be able to win this thing. It's amazing when wrestlers have time. And it wasn't just the customary one-hour rampage. It was two hours. So Daddy Ass and the Acclaimed were able to have time with the Dark Order. And the Dark Order, to me, got over. They're already a formidable group. But I thought, you know, pretty solid match. Not giving it five stars. I'm just saying, pretty good matchup. I really like what I saw there. So there were notable moments on this show. And I'm just telling you that when it comes to AEW, they continue to grow. And just one broad statement I want to make about AEW here before I take your phone calls here on Busted Open, 877-344-4893. Just a broad statement. I know that many wrestling fans want it now. Like, AEW should be way ahead of WWE. AEW should be light years ahead of WWE because they got all the wrestlers and they can say what they want to and they, they bleed and they do all these things. Can I just tell you? The AEW has not shown how good that they can be yet because you have a neophyte as an owner. You've got some neophytes in the ring that were just independents learning how to be able to wrestle on TV and tell a story. You've got people in the back that have never necessarily been in a position of authority in the gorilla position to try to be able to influence young wrestlers, veteran wrestlers, how to be able to put a show together. We know that there is a distinct difference between AEW and WWE in this regard. In the first hour, we talked about SmackDown, how they were able to incrementally tell stories, just trying to get you to Fastlane, trying to get you to the next show, trying to get you to Raw and SmackDown, trying to get you to the live events. That's what they do in WWE. Slow and steady, telling stories. It may pay off, may not. We might be pissed off at the end of it, but at least they're trying to tell you something. In AEW, they're trying to give you the best matches. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. I love, from a guy that grew up in Chicago, as an AWA fan, you know what AWA stood for? It stood for 10,000 squash matches, 5,000 great promos, and one angle a year. That's how I grew up. Many of you around the country, in mid-Atlantic country, those of you in the NWA back in the day, those of you in world-class listening in Dallas, those of you that uh, grew up in California watching what happened out there, you, those of you in Portland uh, with Portland Wrestling, those of you with the Championship Wrestling from Florida, you know what you guys were used to back in the day? You used to maybe a few angles, but a lot of squash matches. At least for AEW, you get some of the top matches. You may not like the finish, but you get the best of the best. You get very little preliminary matches because they try to give you great matches, and I admire that. But at the same time, though, as AEW grows, as AEW grows, they're going to have to slow down and start telling some stories here. And they, I see that things have started to change. I don't know if that's Mark Henry, my buddy Mark Henry. I don't know if that's Jimmy Jacobs. I don't know if that's Arn Anderson or Dean Malenko. I have no idea who has the most influence there outside of Tony Khan. 
But at some point, you tell stories. At some point, you, you develop characters because here's the thing that I know for me. I won't speak for you as a fan. I'll speak for me. Here's what it will always know. Hey, you watched AEW last night? Yeah, Tony Storm was awesome, wasn't she? Yeah, well, what about that five-star match? Yeah, that was good, but I can't wait till next week. Hey, do you watch AEW last night? Yeah, that Julia Hart, man. She's creepy, man. She's, I mean, she was upside down the turnbuckle, and she, was, she had some force about her. She's got something different about her. I like her. Hey, you watch AEW last night, that five-star match? Yeah, yeah no, I, was, I was actually watching what's going on with Adam Cole uh, and Roderick Strong. Adam! Adam! Those little earworms and those little things resonate with fans even more so than what's happening in the ring. So the balance of both actually is a good thing. Here's, here is uh, a guy like Adam Cole, and he's split on whether or not he should stick with MJF or Roderick Strong. Roderick Strong's never been more over. He's had, I've paid good money to see Roderick Strong on the indies. I've seen him in ROH. I've seen him in a lot of places. He's never been more over. Just for him in a squeaky hospital bed, he's more over than he's ever been. <laughs> It's just amazing. But that resonates with people. Just him screaming out, Adam. They should have Adam, you know, five exclamation points as a T-shirt for merch. That would sell. But along with that, we can get the great matches that we get on Dynamite and Rampage. So what I'm saying is, is that it's still a young company. And they're still learning how to be able to be a company that can satisfy the longtime wrestling fan. And also the fan that just is in it for the ha-ha and for the moments. We get the five-star matches, but we also got to get character development. And again, as a young company, they're going to learn that. And the reason why that I have context for this is because I watch WCW. Just like Dave LaGreca, just like my buddy Dave. He can tell you about WCW, and he talks about it. The early part of WCW, before Eric Bischoff took over, was, hor- was horrible. It was some good stuff there, but a lot of it was horrible because lack of character development. Because people would come to the matches, but it would not be sold out. It would just be some people watching on TV, but people were in and out because it wasn't anything that would stick you to watch the matches. Here in AEW, as they move forward, they're still a young company. As they grow, they will learn, hey, we got all these great matches that people want to see, but also characters that we want to see. Characters that we want to watch. Characters, it's like, I want to get that guy's merch. I want to live vicariously through that wrestler, whether it's a, a, a male or a female. There's certain glimpses that you see with that in AEW. Perfect example. Willow Nightingale comes out, right? Willow Nightingale comes out to save Sky Blue. And immediately she just comes down the ramp and people are doing like the wave because, and they're doing that clap thing. When she comes out, they start clapping. Now, Willow wasn't even wrestling. But again, it's like, I know who Willow Nightingale is. And when she comes out, it's time to clap. She wasn't even partying. She wasn't even wrestling. She was just, people were just starting to do that. Because that's character development. So AEW is going to learn that. That balance of great wrestling, but also, hey, I like this character, which he or she does. And that's important. Hey, everyone. Jenti and Shenti here, host of Sticks and Stacks, the podcast that brings you the very best action from the world of hockey and baseball. Each week, myself, Sean Drotar, and Nate Lundy will bring you our best picks and talk you through the props, bets, and fantasy advice that can help you become the best fantasy manager in your league or even just help you win some money. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or listen on the SXM app, free for most subscribers. 
it was a feel-good moment. Eddie Kingston, he's there, and, and fans love him because of his love for New Japan and his love for professional wrestling. I did a deep dive um, earlier this week of Eddie Kingston and some of his great promos and some of his great matches. I just got into a YouTube wormhole, and I said, boy, Eddie has not changed as far as that realism, right? And that's what we want to feel as fans. We know what professional wrestling is, but we also just want to feel like, hey, you know what? He's really into it and that he's going to be a different character. He's not just a, a color-by-the-numbers wrestler. He's just not going through the motions. He's getting the paycheck every 15th and 30th of the month. He actually cares. Eddie Kingston, when he has a promo, it oozes through the TV, through our screens. Eddie Kingston gives a damn. And I think that that's great. That was a great moment for Eddie Kingston. His family is there. He's in his own hometown of New York. And then he wins the ROH championship. And then the realism. And the realism is is that Claudio and Kingston had an issue. They had an issue. You have people at work or you have family that you might not get along with. But at some point, it comes to a head and it gets better. And I think that hopefully that there's real respect, genuinely, between Kingston and Claudio Castagnoli that that culminated into a great moment for Eddie Kingston. He wins the championship. But I want you to think about across the wrestling landscape. Where are the great moments? Do we have any more great moments left in professional wrestling? That was one that I think that Eddie Kingston fans have been waiting for for a long time. It's not the AEW championship. It's not the WWE championship. It's not the New Japan championship. Uh, what it is, is is the ROH title. And the R- ROH right now is it's trying to get to a certain level Maybe back on TV at some point where everyone can enjoy it. I watch it because I'm an Honor Club guy. That's what I do on my Thursdays. I enjoy ROH. But I think that for Claudio, it's a great moment. But what are the other feel-good moments left? Do we have any left? Like, I think that when Cody Rhodes finishes the story, if he if if he becomes the WWE champion or the undisputed champion, the championship that Roman has or the championship that um, Seth Rollins has, I think that that's going to be a feel-good moment because – Cody Rhodes coming from the WWE, betting on himself, and going to all the indies across the world, and then going to AEW, helping run a company. Of course, before that, 10,000 people in Chicago for a huge pay-per-view that Dave Meltzer didn't think it would ever happen, and it happened. For him to be able to leave AEW, leave the territory, and then come to WWE, and then if he becomes the heavyweight champion, the lead guy in the company, that'd be a feel-good moment for sure. <laughs> Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. 
Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 